It's Sunday, November 17th, 2019, and it's time for another episode of Radio on the Rocks. I'm Denny J, your host, and today we're featuring a special QSO with my friend David, WA3LXD, as he introduces us to Hellschreiber. Welcome to Hell. International Broadcasting lives on 508.5, the big one, WTWW. Welcome to the Digicom Cafe, located at the intersection of faith and technology. We hope you enjoy your cafe experience where we cater to your digital and spiritual appetites and build interest in the amateur radio hobby, one story at a time. Please stand by as we get ready to launch this episode of Radio on the Rocks. You are about to listen to a Radio on the Rocks Cafe cast with your host, Denny J, K5DCC, in the Digicom Cafe Communications Network. Enjoy Denny's reality radio activities of the day, including cafe news and updates, on-air contacts on satellites, and conversations on a myriad of RF and digital communications platforms, including guest interviews of amateur radio operators from around the world. So, pull up a chair, enjoy some cafe on ice, and fill up your glass with some radio on the rocks. KD5DCC, WA3LXD. Hey, WA3LXD, K5DCC. How you doing, David? I'm a happy camper. It's the first time I've been out in the shack in a week dealing with my computer problems. And what did I just stumble into? You guessed it. A field hell sprint contest. And um, I'm pleased to report that I just got the turkey. Now, you've got to ask me, what does that mean, right? <laughs> yes, I will ask you, what does that mean? It sounds uh, very interesting. I hear the noise in the background, and uh, of course, this is being archived. I can use this for my podcast. If you're going to give a little uh, tutorial and instructional uh, talk on what it is you're doing and how people can get involved, that'd be great. Absolutely. We can do it in real time with the background noises. Right now, I'm sending out a CQ in the mode of field Schreiber, or Hell Schreiber, excuse me. H-E-L-L-S-C-H-R-E-I-B-E-R. People can look it up. And once a month, I think, they run a sprint or a contest. It normally lasts about an hour and a half. And this one is in November. And it is on about 14.065 megahertz is where I'm transmitting now using about 50 watts. I've worked about six stations. And once... Every half hour, a station becomes the turkey. And if the turkey works you or you work the turkey, you get extra points in the contest. So you're kind of chasing the turkey. It operates uh, on all bands, um, 80 through 10. I'm sorry, 160 through 10, actually. And I just sent out my CQ and don't have an answer yet. So I'm going to send out another CQ here. The format for the CQ is CQ Sprint, WA3LXD, CQ. And the exchange or the information that must be exchanged for a successful contact is the RST, which is normally 599 defaulted. 
your field membership number so you join the field hell club zero charge doesn't cost anything to do that and they give you a number and we have to exchange our state and our grid number my grid number is el99 and i'm located in florida using an ic7300 with an nfed antenna up about 70 feet or so the software that I'm using to do this is called FL Digi, and I'm using version 4.107. And that software has many different modes, and one of them is Field Hell. And to be specific, I'm using Field Hell selection number, uh, just the normal one. They have about six or seven of them on the menu, so I'm using the top one just called field hell and they have like slow x5 x9 whatever oh i just have somebody responding to me let me pay attention here for a moment well i can see why they call it uh, catching the turkey the the sounds in the background almost remind me of a turkey sound kind of interesting and i would imagine it's probably a lot like ft8 or some of those other digital hf modes where you're on one frequency but the signals are a myriad of different audio frequencies from like 600 down in, on the way, all the way up to what, like 2000 or something maybe. So you can have multiple conversations going on at the same time. I would imagine that's kind of how it works. And uh, what is the typical speed, would you say? For example, FT8, uh, JS8, in fact, JS8 now, you may have heard. Uh, Jordan has got uh, super speed for the stronger signals up to almost 25 words a minute in a CW uh, equation. So I wonder what kind of speed this Hellschreiber is. K5 DCC. Sounds like you might be busy in the background there. And uh, by the way, we are on the CMR 851.065 channel here. Uh, in fact, we were waiting to find out who's going to win the big drawing today it was supposed to happen at two i didn't hear anything maybe i'm on the wrong channel uh, maybe ray's in there that can uh, straighten us out let us know who the winner is k5 dcc k5 dcc wa3lxd i talked to ray earlier this morning he said he was going to post the book so i had a return from uh aj0v and his location was kansas so we just worked uh, Kansas Station here and uh, got a 5-9 report. What is the speed for this? Boy, that would be hard for me to estimate. Um, I'm going to say probably in excess of 15 words a minute, and I'm only guessing. Um, I rag chew on this format, so it's not like uh, the difference between FT8 and FT4 is you're normally not rag chewing on those modes, but here you can type back and forth. I could just free type and it will send as I'm typing. I'm going to send out another CQ here while we're talking. And um, so it is an enjoyable mode for rag chewing. Um, let me just give you an idea. Um, it just sent my call letters twice when I started it and sprint and CQ. So it goes fairly quickly. It almost sounded like you was sending a little blurb every time you would uh, hit a key, but obviously you have a macro set up for it. 
Very interesting sounds. Uh, is this one of those that's designed for low uh, signals, weak signals, kind of like FT8? Or do you have to have a pretty good signal to uh, have it interpret and decode it? Good question. It is not as immune, noise immune as the uh, digital mode, especially FT8 is probably about the most robust. Um, so you need a pretty good signal to pull it out of the noise. If you look up this mode, this mode dates back to the uh, uh, early 20s, I believe, early or late uh, 20s. It's a facsimile type of mode where you're sending out um, characters representing a white dot or a, or a black dot. And when you look at the text, you have the text is repeated one above the other. And the reason why is because they couldn't synchronize the motors of the sending unit and the receiving unit back in the day. So as the motors would become sync, the text would run off the ribbon. So when they would transmit one above the other, you'd have a good chance that the message would go through. If it was just one line of text, it would run off the tape, the paper tape, and you wouldn't be able to read it. And that was one of the distinctions of this mode. Since the clocks and the PCs are pretty well synced, uh, operating on HF, I don't find it running off the tape at all. It comes across perfectly straight. So when I look at the message, I'm seeing it repeated actually numerous times. I, I said twice, but I erred. It's, it's repeated numerous times, and um, it doesn't run off the tape. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, that's interesting. Well, something else I'll have to uh, check out. I'm, uh, I just came in the shack here. We were out in the porch swings on a beautiful day. Temperature's 57 degrees out here. Sun is shining from the south under the porch, but the swings were making kind of uh, creaky noise in the uh, where it's connected up in the roof, so I came in the house. But anyway, um, well, that sounds very interesting. I look forward to hearing from you doing these different digital modes and uh, kind of piquing all of our interest and curiosity into some of these things. I do have FL Digi on my machine, so I will have to take a look at that and uh, listen around and see what I can decode and read. And I probably won't do a contest, but uh, maybe I'll hear you uh, someday on there. We can uh, communicate back and forth using our computers and Hell Schreiber. You've been using that quite a bit these days, so it sounds like it might be one of your favorites. How does it compare to, say, PSK31? They're all different, and I would say that, again, I'm, I enjoy this one only, I guess, probably because it dates back so far and being used and, uh, as far as I'm concerned, more or less holding its own um, over all this time. That has an intrigue to me. Um, that and uh, RTTY. RTTY is another favorite of mine. But if people want to be able to hear these modes, a lot of times they're tough to find. Um, there is a spotter, and I'm going to pull up the name of it if I can quickly. Um, bear with me. Um, boy, what is the name of that program? Hold on one moment. Yes, it's called hamspots.net. Hamspots.net. And you can click on digital modes. And if you click on digital modes, it will bring up the different modes. And um, you have, if you click on 
Um, it bring up uh, SSTV, uh, FT8, FT4, and you can log in and it will give you an idea of what frequencies you'll be able to find operations the last spot. So if you want to listen to what it sounds like, it will tell you what frequency and so you can hear what the sounds look like. And if you have access to an SDR receiver, you can certainly turn in these, tune in these frequencies and plug either hold a microphone up to your speaker or cross connect and you'll be able to decode them yourself if you have any interest. If you don't happen to have an HF rig um, at your disposal. So with that, I'll say 73 for now. K5DCC, WA3LXD will be clear. Well, thanks, David. Very interesting stuff you got there. And uh, those that don't have an HF rig, they can always go to one of the SDR uh, websites like sdr.hu or web dash or web SDR. Or is it web dash SDR? One of those anyway, where you can uh, just pick a radio station and tune it in and take that output to go into your uh, software that does the decoding and whatnot. You wouldn't be able to carry on a conversation, obviously, or make a contact, but you could always decode it and get familiar with all the different kinds of coding sounds you'll find out there on the HF bands. Thanks a lot, David. Look forward to uh, another day with a different uh, digital mode on HF. Uh, very helpful, very uh, inspiring, and very interesting. Thanks. It's time for my favorite pastime, and this morning it's AO91, which had an acquisition of signal at 1910 UTC. It was a chilly morning, a little bit of a breeze, overcast, uh, but uh, not too bad. It wasn't too bad. Uh, this pass was a very low pass for me, only 6 degrees uh, maximum elevation, and with my aero antenna and two Baofeng UV-82s, I wasn't sure how good I was going to perform on this pass, but we did make a few contacts. I'd like to thank uh, N6UTC. That's uh, NDAF Buckley. Man, NDAF. I never heard that before. Do you have a nickname there, NDAF? <laughs> you might leave me a voice message or send me an email let me know. But anyway, thanks for, uh, for uh, the contact here on the satellite today. Uh, Ronald, W5RKN, uh, good to hear you. Thanks for the contact. And we had uh, one more, ND0Charlie, which was a new one, from Worthington, Minnesota, my home state. So it was good to hear you guys. Some of you uh, may have been questionable. You'll have to listen to this uh, audio of this pass and let me know what you think. I didn't actually get a con confirmation really clear, but I have a feeling you're going to put it in the, the logbook anyway. Uh, we also had a couple others, too, that I just... I couldn't pull your call signs out, so I didn't even have anything to write down, unfortunately. We'll have to try it another another day. So, listen to this pass of AO91 for uh, November the 17th, 2019, on a Sunday morning. And uh, listen for yourselves. Again, if you think that I'm claiming these to be contacts when I shouldn't, please leave me a voice message or send me an email. Uh, but I'll put it out there anyway and see if uh, the other guys put it down also. On with the pass.
Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2194, with a release date of Friday, November 15th, 2019. To follow in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is a QST. Hams provide critical support at Australian bushfire centers. A cyclone-ravaged part of India gets radio help. And in the U.S., a summer camp first to look forward to. All this and more as Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2194 comes your way right now. From around the world, this is Newsline. Amateur Radio's independent, on-the-air news and bulletin service. And now reporting from Valparaiso, Indiana, here's Paul Brown, WD9GCO. Our top story this week looks at Australia's bushfires. As disaster overwhelms the nation on a deadly scale, hams step in for support. Graham Kemp, VK4BB, shares this report. As bushfires consume more than 4,000 square miles in New South Wales alone, officials in Australia were bracing for the latest rash of blazes that they said could lead to the most dangerous bushfire week in the nation's history. New South Wales called a state of emergency and additional fires flared in West Australia and Queensland. Members of the Wireless Institute Civil Emergency Network, or WISEN, were called to harness their radio skills in the face of overwhelming catastrophe. Edwin Lowe, VK2VEL, a Facebook administrator for WISEN New South Wales, told Newsline, hams were deployed to provide logistical support for the rural fire service, along with community evacuation and welfare support. Wyson New South Wales Publicity Officer Julian Sortland, VK2YKS, said that hams sent to the Rural Fire Service Command Centre in northern VK2 had begun rotations operating the RFS's own radio system. Julian said members of Wyson's parent body, the Volunteer Rescue Association, were staffing the bushfire information line in Sydney, likely alongside Wyson members. Edwin said that hams were also functioning as scribes for firefighting incident management teams. He noted, however, that it was not so much amateur radio itself playing a critical role here, but, quote, the adaptability and skills of the amateur radio operators who are members of Wyson, New South Wales. In Queensland, the VK4, RAT, VHF and UHF amateur radio repeaters, the VK4, RTL 10 metre 6 and 23 SEM beacons, and the Townsville Amateur Radio Club CB repeater and the SES Channel 1 repeater are off air due to damage done by bushfires that swept through the summit Sunday evening, November 10. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Graham Kemp, VK4BB. Meanwhile, amateurs in India mobilized to help emergency operations as a cyclone overtook the coast. More on that from Jim Meachin, ZL2BHF. As parts of Bangladesh and the eastern Indian state of Odisha and West Bengal were slammed by Cyclone Bulbul on November 10th, a team of amateurs from the West Bengal Radio Club set up emergency operations in the largest and most populated district of West Bengal. From there, they connected with police, the state disaster management team and the National Disaster Response Force. Outside, people throughout the region were evacuated under the threat of the deadly storm's wind of as much as 120 kilometres per hour or 75 miles per hour. Amberish Nagbiswas VU2JFA, the club's founder, reported on their Facebook page that the control room operators established connections with state officials and mobile stations were reporting their observations in and keeping an eye on the relief camps. Authorities credited lower death tolls to the presence of additional coastal shelters and more efficient evacuations. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jim Meachin, ZL2BHF. 
The founder of the HamSci Research Team has won a prestigious National Science Foundation grant, as we hear from Heather Emby, KB3TZD. Congratulations to HamSci founder Nathaniel Frisell, W2NAF, who has been given a $1.3 million National Science Foundation grant to work with amateur radio stations studying the effects of weather in the ionosphere. Nathaniel is no stranger to ham radio and research. He is the founder of HamSci, also known as the Ham Radio Science Citizens Investigation Initiative, which is an international citizen science space physics research collective. His research project, which will take three years, is known as DASI, for Distributed Arrays of Small Instruments. Nathaniel will work with a number of universities and amateur radio operators staffing a network of personal space weather stations. He told the ARRL that he believed his receipt of the grant shows that the National Science Foundation takes amateur radio's contribution to science seriously. Meanwhile, Nathaniel recently moved on to the University of Scranton as a physics and electrical engineering professor after being on the faculty of the New Jersey Institute of Technology. He is already planning to establish a ham radio club on the Scranton campus and hopes the club's work will become part of the effort covered by the grant. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Heather Emby, KB3TZD. Ham clubs on university campuses in the UK have a new collective to help them grow and learn. Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, has been following that story. An organization called UK University Amateur Radio may be among the newest groups on campus, but its advocates are hoping it will be among the most enduring. UK UAR was born during brainstorming at the Radio Society of Great Britain's convention this year. According to Peter Barnes, M0SWN, president of the Swansea Radio Society, he told Newsline that the new group is reaching out to emerging campus clubs as well as established ones hoping to promote the sharing of ideas and resources. The effort has already produced results at Cardiff University, Derek MW0LNA has integrated ham radio into the syllabus, meaning that all 110 undergraduates in electrical and electronic engineering will sit the foundation license exam. Derek told Newsline that he chose a career as an RF engineer largely because of the ham radio club at the university where he had been an undergraduate. He described amateur radio as a highly valuable complementary activity to an electrical engineering programme. Although he stressed that campus radio activities are open to students reading languages, medicine, history and other disciplines too. Peter said UK UAR has a Facebook page, a mailing list, a wiki, a Twitter account and a website at ukuar.org, adding these are two point people in the right direction. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. Another big event, this one for newbie operators in South Africa, is challenging recent licensees to have fun as well as QSOs. John Williams, VK4JJW, has the details. If you're newly licensed in South Africa and new to contesting as well as amateur radio, here's a chance to have some fun while sharpening your skills and gaining confidence. It's the Newbie Party being hosted by the South African Radio League. The event runs from 0800 to 2000 UTC on the 23rd of November. Hams will operate on 20, 40 and 80 metres on phone and exchange a signal report along with a character from the alphabet based on the length of time the newbie has been licensed. 
According to the SARL website, that would be Alpha for fewer than six months, Bravo for six months to a year, Echo for one to two years, and so on, up to November for more than four years. For contest rules, a full list of characters for the exchange, as well as other details, visit sarl.org.za. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm John Williams, VK4JJW. Here in the U.S., it's time for summer camp. Okay, not really, but it's time to think about this particular one. It's new, and it's a first for young hams here in the States, as we hear from Stephen Kinford, N8WB. Now here's a reason young radio operators in North, Central, and South America probably can't wait for summer. The National Voice of America Museum of Broadcasting and the Westchester Amateur Radio Association WC8VOA in Ohio are hosting the first Youth on the Air Camp for Licensed Hams in IARU Region 2 who are between the ages of 15 and 25. It's set to take place June 21st through June 26th. Workshops and activities will focus on satellite communications, antenna building, radio direction finding, and orienteering. There will be a high-altitude balloon launch and a trip to a local amusement park, as well as there being radios on site to work on contesting skills and teamwork. That's just a sampling. The camp is based on IARU Region 1's camp for youngsters in Europe and Africa and will be operated by the nonprofit Electronic Applications Radio Service, or EARS. It's a pilot program for what organizers hope will inspire similar camps in other locations. For details about costs, logistics, and eligibility, visit yotaregionnumeral2.org. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Stephen Kinford, N8WB. Time for you to identify your station. We are the Amateur Radio Newsline, heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the K6SOA repeater in Laguna Beach, California, on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. local time. In Arizona, a mentor to many and a key supporter of an annual special event has become a silent key. Andy Morrison, K9AWN, tells us about him. The annual special event station operating this year to mark the National Rifle Association's 148th birthday is going forward without a key participant. Mike Campbell, K7NRA, has become a silent key. The Yavapai Amateur Radio Club of Prescott, Arizona, will operate the station on November 17th from the Paulden, Arizona campus of Gunsight Academy. Mike's call sign had been used during past years activations, but this year the station will operate as K7GST using the call sign of Buzz Mills, the owner of Gunsight. David, K7TO, a longtime neighbor of Mike's, recalled in an email that when he developed an interest in ham radio, Mike had been his Elmer. He wrote, quote, he was very helpful in getting me on the air and keeping me there, end quote. He regaled him with stories about contacts with the ISS and Pitcairn Island. He said a celebration of his life is to be held on the 7th of December. John, WB9VGJ, said in an email that Mike was usually the first one to operate the special event station since it first went on the air in 2002, but in recent years could not attend for health reasons. He said that the event organizers had high regard for Mike. He added, quote, he will be missed, end quote. 
For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Andy Morrison, K9AWM. In Malaysia, hams took the test of emergency readiness and learned what tasks still lie ahead. Robert Broomhead, VK3DN, tells us more. The exercise, known as the Malaysian Simulated Emergency Test, was considered unprecedented for that nation. Hams everywhere responded on the 9th of November to a simulated monsoon disaster, rallying to pass messages using the call sign 9M4CMA as the drama unfolded amid rain, strong winds and a disabled power grid. The exercise was run by the nation's ham radio society, the Malaysian Amateur Radio Transmitter Society, or MARTS. According to a MARTS report prepared two days later, hams were challenged late in the day by deteriorating band conditions on 40 metres, and although they found 60 metres more workable, few stations were to set up for that band. Perhaps more importantly, the MARTS report also noted that message handling skills needed to be improved among the more than 50 stations working as relays. The report said, quote, This event is a good eye-opener lesson for all radio amateurs to improve future emergency communications plans, close quote. With that in mind, MARTS will assist in the future training of hams on amateur radio emergency procedures using a guide drawn up by MARTS. It will be based on the IARU guidelines, Malaysian regulations and the Amateur Radio Emergency Communications Guidebook from John Alocker, WB2LUA. Marts plans to run this exercise annually. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Robert Broomhead, VK3DN. First birthdays are a big deal. Ask any parent. So, it's no surprise that the 420 Ham Radio Network is having a big party that's going to last you guessed it, four hours and 20 minutes. The Birthday Net is taking place on November 16th, starting at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You don't have to be in the United States, however, to check in. Because the net is on the 420 ham radio network, it's multi-mode. Check in via DMR, talk group 302-024, Yezu Fusion CA420, network 36037, D-Star Reflector 420 Alpha, All-Star Node 49447, and Echolink 420 Conference. Why shop when you can sit at home and send code? Some hams are thinking the same thing. Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, tells us why. In the United States, the Thanksgiving holiday, which is a Thursday, has come to be followed by a holiday shopping free-for-all known as Black Friday. Well, now that day has gained yet another name, Fists Friday. The CW Operators Worldwide Group, known as Fists, has reserved the 24 hours following November 28th to encourage operators to get on the air in a non-competitive event and start pounding out their gratitude using their keys. Organizers encourage operators to make at least one QSO and beat the holiday rush. Hams who participate will be able to download a Fists Friday certificate from the website where it will be available until the 1st of December. Operators are being asked to send an email to the Fists Award Manager at awards at fistsna.org describing their QSO. So once you've finished your feast, why not start with your fist? For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. In the world of DX, listen for special event station 3E1FP through November 30th. Operators are celebrating the 116th anniversary of the Republic of Panama. Be listening on 80, 60, 40, 30, 20, 17, 15, and 10 meters, where they will be using CW, single sideband, and 
possibly other modes. QSL to HP1 DAV. Hero JF1OCQ and Cooney JA8VE will be on the air as 5R8VX and 5R8KU, respectively, from Nosey Bay Island until the 25th of November. Listen on various HF bands where they will be using CW, single sideband, FT4, and FT8. Send QSLs for 5R8VX to JF1OCQ. NQSLs for 5R8KU to JA8VE. Be listening for Roly ZL1BQD using the call sign 8Q7XR from the Maldives until the 30th of December. He will be on 80 through 10 meters using CW, single sideband, and FT8. Send QSLs to his home call sign. And finally, as the holiday season approaches, we are reminded that hams aren't just technicians and communicators, but givers with big hearts, too. Kent Peterson, KC0DGY, shares our closing story this week. There's thanks, and then there's giving. This is the story of both. Irvin Sweet, WA9ERT, struck it lucky at HamFest Chattanooga last month as a grand prize winner, taking home an ICOM IC7300 SDR radio. This month, however, the Chattanooga Amateur Radio Club felt like a grand prize winner, too. It seems Irvin already had a 7300 at home, one he'd unboxed less than two years ago. Having welcomed the new 7300 into his shack... Irvin donated its gently used predecessor to the club at its November monthly meeting. Irvin knew that after the theft of its communications trailer on July 4th, the club was still suffering the heavy loss of some of its HF radios. In a November 8th Facebook post, President Gary Ownsby, AK4ZX, wrote, quote, Our club is honored by Mr. Sweet's donation. We will all remember his generosity when his donated radio is fired up for club events, end quote. It's not just the spirit of the season but the spirit of Ham Radio 2. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Kent Peterson, KC0DGY. With thanks to Amateur News Weekly, the ARRL, CQ Magazine, Fists, Malaysian Amateur Radio Transmitter Society, Martin Swinimer, VE1KLR, Ohio Pendix Bulletin, Radio Society of Great Britain, the South African Radio League, Southgate Amateur Radio News, Ted Randall's QSO Radio Show, WTWW Shortwave, and you, our listeners, that's all from the Amateur Radio Newsline. Please send emails to our address at newsline at arnewsline.org. More information is available at Amateur Radio Newsline's only official website at arnewsline.org. For now, with Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT at the news desk in New York and our news team worldwide, I'm Paul Brown, WD9GCO in Valparaiso, Indiana, saying 73. And as always, we thank you for listening. Amateur Radio Newsline is copyright 2019. All rights reserved. Well, one of the things I've thought about doing with having the Amateur Radio Newsline uh, as part of our Sunday podcast, is to have some commentary on it afterwards on uh, one or two of the various stories that were uh, talked about. One that struck me was the fires in Australia. And I just happened to be listening to Worldwide uh, 91 on the Brandmeister Network on DMR when I heard my friend Ben from Australia was in conversation with one of his friends in uh, on the island of Malta. And so I thought, hey, I need to bring him in on this and get his insights. Uh, We've talked over the last week or so 
about the fire situation over there. It's very, very dire, and he was very concerned. So uh, please enjoy uh, this dialogue that I have with my friend Ben, VK3TBS. Okay, Ben. Uh, I might check you up uh, tomorrow on Monday on your way going to work. And uh, I'll say 73, mate. And uh, thank you for coming back to my call. Take care and God bless. VK3 TVS 9H1UI. Good night from Malta. 73, Joe. Always a pleasure, as, as, I, as I say every time. It's always a pleasure, and it is. I mean it every time I say it. You, you have a good night, mate, and um, thank you for coming back to me. And uh, I can only look forward to next time. <laughs> you have a good one. And, uh, yeah, no doubt we'll talk tomorrow. I'll be, uh, or our time tomorrow, I'll be in the car in the morning, so our morning, so I'll probably be more likely to hear you. Have a good one, Joe. 9H1GY, VK3, TBS. Till next time, mate. VK3, TBS, K5, Delta, Charlie, Charlie. Uh, fancy meeting you over here. Oh, Danny, good day there. <laughs> oh, I didn't know you frequented this area. How are you, mate? Uh, KD5DCC. You've got your old call sign there, too. VK3 uh, TBS. Yeah, that's because you haven't updated your database. <laughs> We're all doing that now, and of course, uh, with the new call signs, uh, you don't see them unless you update the database for your uh, your radios there. So that's why you're seeing my old call sign. Anyway, I was just uh, listening on my RT4 here. I've got the uh, DV switch server running, and I'm connected to it. So I'm doing DMR with my RT4, which is uh, really nothing more than an Android phone, you know. But anyway, uh, I was uh, getting ready for the podcast to uh, publish it today. And I was thinking it would be nice to have some commentary on some of the uh, news items on Amateur Radio Newsline, which I feature on Sundays. One of the stories was about all the fires over there in Australia. And I know you and I have already talked about it uh, over the past week. Uh, what is the situation there at this moment, which is uh, actually tomorrow relative to where I'm at in the world? Uh, how are those fires? Are they still going strong? VK3TBS, K5DCC. Yeah, good to hear you, Danny. Um, on your first point, um, no, it's, it's on the hot spot where it's coming up, both call signs, and that updates uh, all the time. So, um, not my radio, so it may be something you already, oh, I don't know, or it hasn't gone through. So the hot spot says you use both call signs, but that's all right. I, I know a big deal to me, I can just see both. Um, yeah, and the fires, well, not in Victoria yet. Um, however, we all know that probably within a month's time or less, um, we'll be in the same fire danger, um, probably worse statistically. Uh, Victoria has uh, has far worse bushfires than uh, New South Wales and Queensland. Um, statistically, that doesn't mean we're going to. But if you have a look at um, if you look it up now, um, all the fires that are happening in New South Wales in um, New South Wales and Queensland, it's pretty well right at, right along the coast of New South Wales from uh, bottom to top right along these fires all the way along it's um, quite scary and um, the last couple of days have had a bit of a lull and um, I don't want to get into politics but um, the uh, politicians have uh, have not been doing backburning because of uh, environmental concerns and uh, the last couple of days they've tried to do some emergency backburning to help um, and uh, there's been just a 
tad bit of rain too. But when I say a tad, I think it's just like the spinning, nothing serious. But uh, that all heats up again tomorrow and the next few days. Um, yesterday, I think it was, Perth had uh, the hottest day in November it's ever had. So, um, um, yeah, there's records been broken already and we aren't even in summer yet. That's the scary part. If we were at the other end of summer when everything's burnt out, or dried out rather, it would all make sense, but we're not even in summer. <laughs> we're still in spring. Um, K5 DCC, BK3 TDS. Well, it doesn't sound like it's cooling down any for you over there. Uh, so is uh, amateur radio readily used during these kind of disasters? Uh, are you involved in that at all? Over? Yes, amateur radio is involved, and um, there's a lot of amateur radio operators that are running control centers for the uh, state emergency service. Um, it's not in Victoria, though, where I am, so uh, now I'm not involved. Um, but it's, um, it is happening up in New South Wales, and a lot of people are flying up to New South Wales to help. Even people from New Zealand, actually. So, um, yeah, it's quite exciting. Do you want to queue us by to another channel, Danny? And um, we can talk some more. Um, I'm not sure what channels you've got in your, in your radio there, or we can go somewhere else, whatever. Uh, K5ECC, BK3, TBS. All right. Well, so far we've been uh, listening to you on DMR. It's not the most ideal audio. Let's switch over to the Digicom Cafe on Zello. We'll, uh, we'll be able to hear you much clearer there. Uh, let's do the uh, Digicom Cafe Channel 1 if you want. All right, mate. QSY uh, there. Uh, K5DCC, VK3, TBS, QSY. K5DCC, QSY to Zello. And now I'm going to close down that application. Bring up Zello. Go to Digicom Cafe 1. Put it in solo mode. K5DCC, VK3TBS. And we got you. VK3TBS, K5DCC on Zello. So, uh, yeah, this sounds a little bit better than DMR, doesn't it? Um, your audio sounds better, but um, I don't have a problem listening to everyone else. What are you using there? Because um, you, you sounded, when you were talking to me, you sounded like you were talking down a tube. <laughs> What radio and what setup are you using, Mark? <laughs> um, what do they call those uh, instruments in Australia? The long tubes? That's what I'm using. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm on my RT4, and I'm, I'm, I've got the radio held in front of the microphone, my studio microphone here, as I'm talking to you too. But uh, that's the RT4. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, no, it didn't sound like, like I could hear you fine. But, um, no, it didn't sound um, terrific. I wasn't thrilled with the audio, that's all. It just sounded like you were talking through a didgeridoo, like you said. <laughs> I was uh, thinking about doing the, um, I'm not sure what it's, if it's a blue DV and all that stuff, so that um, I can talk on uh, DMR and the like, because I quite enjoy DMR. I talk there quite a lot um, through that rather than the radio. I quite enjoy, prefer the radio, but sometimes you forget it and it's hard to... Uh, remember it oh no you sound clear you sounded clear and uh, you're sounding good here too on uh i've been playing the uh amateur radio news line for my sunday podcast and uh, thought it'd be kind of neat to add some commentary so that's why i jumped in and asked those questions <laughs> yeah always happy to help yeah i find it hard to um hear i think it's the sunday morning stuff from the states because that's uh 
I'm not sure what time that is here, but it's uh, it's an odd, it's a, it's yeah, it's middle, midnight or something. <laughs> um, yeah, but as for the fires, we're all we're all quite concerned here, particularly um, um, like in well, not particularly in Victoria, but we are concerned in Victoria because um, we usually have worse the worst fires that um, that Australia's has had. We had, uh, I'm sure you heard of the Black Saturday fires, and um, where hundreds of people were killed um, just on one day, and um, um, they learnt a lot about that. And um, part of the problem was that the um, communications and databases and computers just could not keep up. They actually went to overload, and um, since then they have drastically improved um, communications and networking things. So. Everyone gets text messages if you're in that particular area, and um, pretty well everyone's got an emergency app which notifies you of emergencies and stuff. So um, yeah, it was quite a wake-up call. And to see the fires in Sydney just so early um, in the season—not even in the season really—in spring, barely in spring—was um, uh, something that uh, the authorities were saying has never happened before. And um, um, it was quite concerning, and um, we've all been told here in Victoria, um, be careful, now's the time to prepare, now's the time to clean your gutters and prepare and all this sort of stuff, and they're saying it's not um, if it happens, the fire, it's when it happens, there will be fires, and um, um, it's uh, something that, uh, you know, we've all got fire plans in action, and, uh, you know, our girls know what to do if there's a fire, and um, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> you. You either choose to stay or go. And um, if you leave the decision too late, then uh, the decision's made for you. So um, when if a fire's coming towards you, the other thing about the fire, which um, a lot of people don't understand around the world, is the um, um, one of the reasons why Australia was settled so well is because of the grass that we have here. Um, it's ideal farming country and the grass just grows so long so it's ideal for sheep and cattle and the like but it's also ideal burning <laughs> um, and um, the other thing is that uh, the Australian bush is actually meant to have fires that's how it's actually um, um, re, uh, regrows is through fires in fact uh, a lot of the native trees if you actually want to grow one of the, a lot of our native trees you actually have to smoke the seed so that it'll open. So that's how it's actually designed, how it's built, how, how it was created. And um, um, so it's meant to have fires. So the gum trees have got very thick um, bark, and the gum trees are our native tree. They've got very thick bark to protect them from fires. But when the fires are just so big, it just burns through that bark. And um, then we have big problems because the fire goes into the tree and uh, of course what's in a gum tree is eucalyptus and the eucalyptus just explodes and um, it creates basically um, yeah just uh, like fireworks you end up having um, spot fires just all around the place and these spot fires can go up to about 10 to 15 kilometers from that one tree now how do you control a fire like that and then on top of that um, the fire's moving so fast. They're fires that move over 100 kilometres per hour, so you can't outrun that. You can't even outdrive that. And um, 
uh, which is, you know, quite scary. But the tree will still burn from the inside, and it doesn't look like it's burning on the outside because the uh, the, the air goes through the through the bark. And uh, already we've had several fire trucks which have been damaged and trapped. In fact, the whole uh, truck was uh, trapped within fire when a fire truck, when, when a, a um, tree just uh, gave way and landed and crushed the fire truck. You can, if you look it up, you'll see footage of it on uh, online. Um, it's quite scary. We've also had tornadoes. Yeah, you thought we didn't have tornadoes. We do. We've had tornado fires, and their fires, it's fire that just spins and round and round and round like a tornado. But it will be, um, oh, I don't know. I don't know how tall they get, but it's, it's right up into the sky. Really scary. And then, of course, in Australia, particularly in Victoria, which is the real problem, we get the wind change. So if you imagine a fire, let's say it's only a few hundred metres, or let's say it's a kilometre wide, and it's going along in one direction. So it's a really long fire, but it's only a kilometre wide. So if you're living to the left or right of that fire, you think that you've escaped it. And then the wind changes. So this one kilometre fire width is maybe, I don't know, 100 kilometres long. When the wind changes, it might be on the 45 degree angle. So now, if you're living to the left or right of that fire, you've now got a 100 kilometre fire heading towards you, which without any warning at all, <laughs> at 100 kilometres per hour, um, you've just got no time to get out. And um, even if you have got time to get out, the smoke stops you, you just, you, you, you know, you can't breathe, you can't see. And there are heaps of people who have died, not in the fire at home, not in the fire by fighting the fire, but because they've travelled on the road trying to get out in the thick smog, in the thick smoke, and they can't see, and they end up crashing into another car that's stopped in front of them, that's crashed in front of a car in front of them. And next minute you've got about a 20 car pile up on the main road because you can't see for the smoke and they're all trapped and then the fire just burns them all. It's really tragic. But, um, yeah. Anyway, like I said, unfortunately it's not if it will happen, it's when it will happen. <laughs> Last year we had temperatures, I think it was about 115 degrees Fahrenheit we got to. So they're saying it's going to be as hot, if not hotter this year. I'm hoping they're wrong, but anyway. And we don't have air conditioning here neither, so <laughs> we might have to do something about that. Uh, K5 DCC, VK3 TBS. Wow. Uh, it's very fitting that we have chosen as the title of this episode of our Radio on the Rocks Cafe cast. We're calling it Welcome to Hell. And that's because we have uh, a conversation with David. You know David, WA3LXD. is talking about Hellschreiber, which is a digital communications mode. Uh, for ham radio and it's called hell so i have uh, aptly named this episode welcome to hell and after hearing you describe what it's like being in a fire over there i'm sure uh, you would agree that's uh, pretty much like going into the pits of hell over well it is and it isn't um i would probably argue not because there's nothing good that happens in hell and um during a fire after the fire and before the fire, um, there's an amazing amount of goodwill 
and um, that's one thing Australians know for is the goodwill that comes, you know, where people look after each other. People don't have a place to stay because they've just lost everything. And the amazing amount of goodwill, not just for neighbours and people that know each other, it's people from the other side of the continent who will goodwill those people, people that will fly to the other side of the continent just to help put out a fire or... You know, our church is doing bushfire appeals just for New South Wales and Queensland, and um, um, a lot of places are as well. So, I mean, that stuff doesn't happen in hell. So, I kind of get what you mean. It probably looks like hell on the day, but even on the day, there's a lot of goodwill. You know, there's a fire fire people that are putting out fires, and um, their own fire, their own house is burning. So they'll be in their own community and they'll be saving a house from from a fire and they know that their own house is burning down and there's no one there because they've got the radio they know what's happening um so i mean that that's just amazing that they don't just drop everything and just look after their own house um there's firemen that will fight a fire and they know that their children might have died in the fire and that's that's what happens you know, in, in the amazing... So I wouldn't call that that sort of behaviour hell. <laughs> I do understand what you mean, though. But, um, yeah, it's probably not quite... It's probably not the title I would have chosen, but um, I understand what you mean. Um, I think um, I think when you go through tragedy, it either makes you or breaks you, doesn't it? And um, it brings out a different person in you or brings out the same person in you. It, it gives you an opportunity to show what you're made of or not. And probably through those trials, that's when you're tested the most as to, um, you know, how you react. And, yeah, it's tough. It's it's hard. I couldn't imagine what it would be like to have your house burgled. I've never had my house burgled, I've, let alone burnt to the ground, let alone because it was by arson or because, it you know, was by lightning, whatever the reason. Um, yeah, I couldn't imagine. But, um, yeah, hopefully, um, hopefully we don't experience that from where we are. Having said that, though, uh, this, the, the Sydney fires they had, they closed all schools um, that lived that were next door to a park. And we live next door to a park with a lot of grass in it. So, um, <laughs> K5DCC, VK3TBS. Oh, those are some good insights. And, uh, yes, you're right. Those, uh, those times of difficulty and tragedy really uh, bring the faith out in people and and people think uh, beyond themselves to helping others. I've heard that many, many times among those that are involved in firefighting, uh, risking their own lives and while their own houses are burning uh, behind them. So good points, good points. I appreciate you, Ben. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time out and sharing uh, so much background information on the fires and stuff over there in Australia. Stay safe, stay in touch, uh, keep us posted. Uh, We'll let you go for now. 73. VK3TBS, K5DCC. No worries, mate. Good to hear you. Good to see you on, uh, on DMR, too. <laughs> that was a nice surprise. I didn't expect to see you there. I don't think I've ever heard you there, so that was quite good. And, um, yeah, I've got... Um, I, I decode all the, see if the country fire authorities' pages, alerts, and everything here. I can listen to them all. Not many people can, because I've got it all there frequencies and because they've just all gone digital over here so not many people have got their frequencies so i listen to it all the time which is great um here at first hand <laughs> good on you mate and uh, a lot of them broadcast over the um 
you can actually listen to it when the fires were on last week. You can actually listen to it. They put it on, what is it, broadcast or broadest fire, whatever the, the talk group, the thing is, the website. So you can actually link into it there. 73s and 5s, mate. Look forward to next time. K5, DCC, VK3, TBS. 73, 75. God bless you, brother. Here at the Digicom Cafe Communications Network, we're all about the power of voice. Did you know you could listen to this cafe cast on your Echo Dot by simply asking Alexa to play Radio on the Rocks? I created this skill many months ago. I was looking for a way to do this very easily and quickly, and I ran across a very unique platform. It's called VoiceFlow. VoiceFlow is a wonderful platform that makes it easy to create powerful voice applications without any coding and faster than coding. There are many amazing tools out there to build voice apps, but their goal at VoiceFlow is to build the easiest, most powerful tool that gets as close to coding without needing to write a single line of code. So if you're interested in building your own Amazon skill for amateur radio, I suggest going to voiceflow.com and join their Facebook group, voiceflow.com. CQ, 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 good evening. This is the Thursday night edition of the Free Wheelers Net. Your net control for tonight will be KC0MQS with help from several people, I'm sure. And this is Pete KE5GGY in Denton, Texas, getting it started tonight. The Free Wheelers is a camaraderie net, and we ask you to refrain from using any uh, any all foul language and off-color jokes. Uh, we furthermore try to avoid controversial issues like religion and politics. Our net was founded by Ken Odom, W4FCW, who is now a silent key. And we keep the net going in honor and memory of him. We uh, welcome all licensed hams, general class or above, as well as all shortwave listeners, sick and shut-ins. Even though this is not a traffic net, if you have any emergency traffic at any time, uh, simply give us a break, break, and we will uh, come in. We will uh, open up the frequency for your use. And we'll try to help you in expediting your traffic as quickly as possible. We're going to take as many check-ins during a two-hour time frame, and that includes a 7-3 round. Additional check-ins are taken at the end of uh, listings or rounds or whenever practical, uh, according to the net control station. And when checking into the net, we do request, however, that you give your call uh, both alphanumerically and phonetically, as well as your name and QTH. At this time, we'll pause to see if there's any stations on the frequency that have emergency or priority traffic. If so, please call now. Any relays? All right, hearing none, we have a couple of uh, horse of housekeeping things, uh, also horsekeeping things that we do every night at this time to uh, uh, just uh, get you current on things. So the first item of business is the Wayback Machine. Let's head back for Thursday, November 14th, 2019. And a number of things to tell you about today it is the 318th day of this year, 47 days left in the year 2019. And that's also uh, 20, uh, make that 47 days left in the decade. So the uh, time is flying. Let's go to 1832. The first horse car, a streetcar pulled by horses, went into service in New York City. And this vehicle had room for 30 people in three compartments. And that uh, traveled between 4th Avenue 
and 4th and 18th Street. So uh, New York City getting uh, getting high tech on us today, 1832. In 1851, on this day, Herman Melville's book Moby Dick, or The Whale, as it was called, was first published in New York City by uh, Harper and Brothers. And, uh, of course, the story uh, tells uh, the story uh, narrated by Ishmael. And, of course, there's the uh, the characters, Captain Ahab, and uh, what a what a great book! Uh, sadly, uh, even though Herman Melville got kind of famous from the book, uh, he died uh, at, at home, virtually um, not really uh, kind of forgotten by everybody. It was only after his death that the book really uh, took off. So uh, it's uh, Moby Dick on this day in 1851. Race car history, 1945. Captain Eddie Rickenbacker sold the historic Indianapolis Motor Speedway on this day. And a former Indy winner, Wilbur Shaw, uh, was the new owner and the new president. Eventually, the track was purchased by the Holman family, Tony Holman, and they've had it uh, ever since. Elsewhere, 1960, OPEC, the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries, a cartel was organized. Of course, they're not as important as they used to be uh, because the USA is uh, energy independent, and that is a good thing. 1965, one of the most intense battles of the Vietnam War started on this day. Landing Zone X-ray was the operation located in the Ladrang River Valley in Vietnam. That was a staging area for troops and supplies. And uh, kind of a, I mean, it was a tough, tough battle. The area had been surrounded on three sides by the North Vietnamese regulars, and they were very uh, motivated to fight. Both sides uh, experienced, uh, you know, thousands of, uh, of uh, soldiers' casualties, uh, and it was really a tough battle. And the movie, We Were Soldiers Once and Young, is based on that battle. So that was on this day in 1965. And let's see what else. How about some number one songs? Always kind of neat to remember what you were listening to on the radio. 1955, Moments to Remember by the Four Lads was number one. 1964, Leader of the Pack by the Shangri-Las on top of the charts. 1973, Keep On Truckin' Eddie Kendricks. Great song. And 1982, your number one song was Up Where We Belong by Joe Cocker and Jennifer Warrens. And that, my friends, is the way back. This is KE5GGY. Let's Today's daily devotional is entitled Jesus Alone is the Answer. Exodus 12, verses 12 and 13 read, For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night, and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Exodus chapter 7 through 12 records for us the account of the ten plagues that God unleashed on Egypt to accomplish two things. The first uh, was to show God's people, the Israelites, that their God was powerful and could be trusted to deliver them. The second was to show both his people and the Egyptians that the heathen gods that they worshipped were useless and powerless. Outside of Egypt, God parted the Red Sea and defeated Am the Amorites, which put fear in the hearts of the nations that surrounded them. And we read this in Joshua chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. Each plague that we read about is aimed at a particular god or gods that the Egyptians worshipped and served. The first plague 
the water uh, turned to blood, was a strike against uh, three of their gods, Apis, Isis, and Knam, the god, goddess, and guardian of the Nile. The second, the plague of frogs, was a strike against Hecate, who was their frog-headed goddess of birth, uh, just to name a few. All of these plagues uh, progressed until God finally plagued them with the death of the firstborn of each household, striking a blow once again against Isis, who was supposedly the protector of children. Uh, throughout the time that God brought these plagues upon Egypt and its people, he protected his people and those of Egypt that heeded God's warning. We read this in Exodus chapter 8, verses 22 to 23, chapter 9, verses 6 uh, and seven, and in that same chapter nine, nineteen through twenty-six, uh, this is a picture of God's mercy and grace toward those who are His and those who heed His word, even in the midst of great tribulation and tragedy. As God establishes the Passover with the Israelites in this chapter, we see the ultimate picture of our being sealed by the blood of Jesus, so that we, as God's children, who have trusted and called upon Jesus as our Savior and Lord, are protected from the condemnation that is to come when God finally judges the world for its sins. We read in Romans 8.1, So often we make so many things in our lives our gods, our money, our status in society, uh, all turn into our saviors when difficulties arrive. But money and status cannot save us from every circumstance, cannot heal us when we're sick or diagnosed with a life-threatening disease, cannot protect us from injury or death. The same applies uh, to relying on people who are limited in power and influence in many instances. Who we know and what influence they have is useless uh, to us when a loved one uh, falls ill or is killed as a result of an accident or injured due to a crime committed against them. Uh, so it is with eternal condemnation. Our good works, our idols, our earthly gains, our status cannot save us from eternal death and condemnation. Just like the Israelites during the first Passover, if we're not covered and sealed by the blood of Jesus, we will suffer eternal condemnation, first in hell, then ultimately the lake of fire, as revealed in John 3:18, Romans 6:23, and Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 15. Well, one of the saddest things I have seen as a born-again believer uh, is people who put uh, some piece of jewelry like a cross or some statue, uh, a statue of some saint or a biblical character, an animal, a person, job, hobby, child, some object in nature, anything else in the place that belongs only to Jesus. What God is, what God is occupying the throne of our lives. Only Jesus should be king of our lives as only he is king of kings and lord of lords as we read in 1 Timothy 6.15 and Revelation 17.14 and 19.16. God took drastic measures against Egypt to show both his people and the Egyptians who is the one and only true God. And does he need to take drastic measures against his own children to remind us that he is the only one we should be worshiping and holding up in our lives as the only God who can bring true salvation and eternal life to all who believe in his name? Uh, let us not wait until tragedy strikes close to home before we come to the realization that the only answer for us in any situation or circumstance is Jesus. Today, God extends an invitation to you to accept this free gift of salvation. Will you accept it? Anyone who calls on Jesus by faith and repentance, confessing your sins, will receive eternal life. Do not put off calling on him or receive him in his free gift of salvation today. Thank you for visiting and listening to this radio on the Rocks Cafe cast. This podcast can be heard on Apple, Google, Spotify, and Stitcher apps.
plus the embedded anchor.fm widget at digicomcafe.com. You can also listen to all of our cafe casts on your Amazon devices by asking Alexa to play radio on the rocks. Now, please stand by for a word from one of our sponsors. Is there somebody that you know that's trying to get their ham ticket? Trying to ham test online. It's easy. There's no drudgery to it. There's no dread to it. And right now you can get the technician exam study guide that's normally $29.95. And right now during this sale price, it's only $19.95. That's right. That's the technical study guide for the tech license for ham test online. Now, let them log into HamTest Online and let them follow the program study guide. They'll get their ticket in a matter of a few days. Right now, the price is reduced to $19.95. So get online. And if you've already got all of your tickets, then ham it forward by buying this study program for someone who's trying and wants to get into ham radio. HamTestOnline.com. That's hamtestonline.com.